Hey team, this is Grant David Collins and welcome to Basement Philanthropy, a place for people who do not want to wait until they're rich or retired to create meaning, impact, and connection with their money regardless of the amount. On this episode, we're going to be talking about the giving side of generational philanthropy, so let's get started. For those of you who have been waiting for part two of generational philanthropy to come out, the wait is over. This is the episode, and I am so thrilled to be able to bring the content to you today. Most of this episode is based off of an interview that I did with my parents a couple weeks ago when I went out to New York to visit them. Now, they are not originally from New York, um, nor am I, and so they are actually out there on a mission for our church, a, a service mission, and they'll be gone for 18 months. So it was fun to be able to talk to them about giving while they're in this period of their life where they are giving everything, their their time, their resources uh, to this specific organization that that they believe in. Um, so much so that they are spending a allotted amount of time away from their family to be able to to make that happen. So it was just a a really good environment to have this conversation. So just like before, when we were talking about the finance side of generational giving, and if you haven't listened to that episode, I would encourage you to go and check that out. We're going to be talking about the giving side of generational philanthropy through the lens of my family. Now, this is not just a opportunity for me to explore my family and for you to sit down on the couch and eat some popcorn. Like it's a it's an interesting story. There's some interesting things that you can glean from that. But what would be even more impactful for you is to see this as a lens for you to start examining what your own generational giving story looks like. And so that can either be that you actually go out and talk to your family and your your grandparents about this concept, which I would just highly encourage you to do, or it can just be an opportunity for you to think about what impact you want to have on the generations that are to come in your own family. So without further ado, let's jump into my interview with my parents out in New York. What did giving look like? Giving, service, volunteering, however you would like describe those things. Uh, how did that look growing up as you can remember it? Well, I don't have any, any recollections of giving being a significant part of our upbringing. My family life was fairly dysfunctional when I was younger, well, all throughout growing up. Mm. So there was no uh, family-driven um, efforts to give. And the only involvement I had in any type of a formal setting for giving was I would associate with various churches for youth activities and um, some, uh, some stability. And occasionally we give activities where, mm. you know, as with most churches. Go and do serve. some sort of service. Yeah. yeah. But that, that was all about growing up. Did, did you ever, did you notice that that was 
because you're associated with these churches or these different things that have that as a focus, did that ever occur to you as like, oh, this is this is something that people do, or is that just like not even a part of your? Yeah, no, there was no uh, formal recognition that this was something different. You know, giving it uh, and helping is part of the American culture. There's a there's a undercurrent of that, and so you know the fact that my family didn't engage in that formally really didn't register. Got it. The fact that we would be engaged with it occasionally at church or at school was fine. You know, part of life. Got it. Got it. What about you, Mom? Hmm. Well, I know um, that we there were some service projects that I was involved in because I was a Girl Scout. Yeah. And so I remember that um, that was part of our Girl Scout activities. But I think that the idea of giving came more because my parents were very generous with me. And so it was just like, that was what you do. You give to each other. Like mm. whenever there's a birthday or a special occasion, you know, um, they would give something to me and I would give something to them if it was their, their special day or for my sister. It was kind of like there was a culture within our family that we always gave things to each other. Got it. Besides my family's influence, I think the other influence was the church. Sure. And I remember one of the first giving projects was for Primary Children's Hospital. And when we were young, they had the penny drive. Mm. And you were supposed to, if you wanted to, contribute the number of years you were. So, like, if you were eight years old, you'd contribute eight pennies. Okay. And so that started really young. And then because we came to Salt Lake, I knew where the Primary Children's Hospital was. And when we would drive by it, my mother would say, there's the Primary Children's Hospital. That's where your pennies went. Oh, wow, cool. And, and so that became a tradition and you know, part, of, part of my life that way. And then as I grew older and you know, started working, I paid my tithing, yeah. um, fast offering. And I never regretted that. I always felt like I was giving to, you know, something that was important. And mm. I wanted to be a part of it. Do you remember when giving started to become a priority? Because what my recollection growing up in your home was that I remember distinctly feeling like we were a part of that um like that, that that was a part of what we did whether it was in the church or in the community i i just felt like there was this overarching feeling of giving and and i just wonder where that came from well my leaving home when i was 18 was a fairly significant part of my life because i was leaving behind some kind of unpleasantry, so yeah. it was like an escape. But even though my home was kind of chaotic, my my mom and dad were doing the best they could. Right. And they, you know, they 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 engendered, it wasn't like giving was foreign, or it wasn't like we didn't give, it was just that it was not a formalized process. But when I left home, so I left home without any, um, it wasn't like I was, um, 
anti-giving or giving was a brand new experience. It was just that it didn't have a chance to really foster much. Yeah. But when I left home, uh, of course, when I left home, I went to school. Yeah. And school is this you know, opportunity of awakening. Yeah. A lot of things that were you know, either dormant or didn't have a chance to be expressed as I was growing up. So when I was exposed to it more, I was like, oh, that, that's, that's, that's worthy. That's a good thing to help other people. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a worthy, uh, and there's a, certainly a big need. So as I began this, what I would call a you know, metamorphosis, of learning and growing and becoming aware of my identity, um, then that became a, a natural outlet. It was like I wanted to be able to share. I wanted to be able to help. Mm. I wanted to be able to participate in all the misery that you know, I could see about in the world around me. Since you both went into teaching, your eventual professional careers would both land you in teaching, and that is actually how you end up meeting each other is through that. Is is Does that come from a desire to give back? Does that come from a love of people? What does what that what does that career decision come out of for both of you? Well, for the majority of educators, that, that's easily it because you certainly don't go into it for <laughs> financial reward. Right. Yeah, even more so. <laughs> yeah. Well, and just to speak for us, uh, for me individually, um, that was the that was the major reason for choosing education is that prior to that I'd been exploring some professional careers in medicine and engineering etc and none of those really seemed to have merit in terms of um, satisfying really what I thought I wanted to do mm. I mean, they all were lucrative in terms of money but you know my reasons for wanting to pursue those are fairly shallow and when I got to a point where I started to examine that that reasoning what did I want to do with my life, etc. Um, I just kept looking back to my childhood, my rearing, my education, and thought that the best way to give back would be able to try to implement change within mm. that, 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 that education system. Interesting. So, and then mom, on your end, as you're working through what I want to become professionally, uh, what, what was, there's probably a lot of motivation behind taking a role as a teacher, but yeah, without me kind of qualifying it, what, what, what drew you to the profession of teaching? Um, my mother was a teacher and I saw she was in the same school that I went to. So I'd go to her room after school and she would tell me some of the things she was doing because, um, she was a remedial reading teacher. So she would do like some really fun activities with the children to help them want to read and it just sounded really it sounded fun to me um i don't know if i thought you know i'm gonna make a big difference in somebody's life or something like that at the yeah. first but um just the thought of helping um children to learn to read and so when i applied to teach that's what I wanted to be was a first grade teacher because that's where you learn to read yeah well I feel like something that is becoming more clear to me as you're speaking about this mom is we talk a lot about generational wealth in our society and how that is a compounding factor in people's uh, economic status um, and 
the the more I dig into how comparable money and giving is in terms of their development and growth, the more I'm starting to understand this sense of of generational giving as a, a, a pass on uh, from generation to generation. And I feel like your what you just described there was one example of that. Maybe going into teaching wasn't the exact same at first as maybe what, what dad was expressing. But for you, you saw this impact that your mom had had on these kids and you had been exposed to that. And therefore it was like, yeah, I feel like maybe that would be something that I would want to go into. And so almost like naturally you're drawn to giving and being charitable or volunteering your time and your profession without even really making a conscious effort. And that probably came after, but that's just, that's a really interesting to me. Hmm. I don't know if that's accurate, but I think that's accurate. Yeah. yeah. Both of you end up meeting at a teacher conference uh, for remedial reading. Was it a remedial just a reading, reading program? program? Was it remedial? Just, re- just a reading program. program. So you met here in uh, in not here. Sorry, you <laughs> met in Salt Lake City, and that there's a long story here that we're we're gonna skip. not necessarily skip. Well, we are gonna skip over <laughs> most of it, but basically. Um, eight years pass before you two end up formally tying the knot of your relationship. So you all decide to get married. You start, um, you start a family. Is there any type of discussion? And this can include religion. Um, we don't need to like box those two things up as you're having children and realizing maybe more formally this responsibility that you have to teach your children and to instill values in them. Was that a, was that a, 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 uh, intentional thing that you, I don't know if you sat down and talked about it, but just that was a part of that discussion as your new parents and you're thinking about what's important to share with your, your children. We never sat down and, and developed a program for that. Yeah. But what we did do was we both, because we were committed to serving, I mean, that is just the heart of, of our church. Yeah. You know, as you serve your fellow man, so you're serving God. Right. So that is the, that's, that's the common denominator. I mean, that thread runs through everything we do within this church. It's all about our efforts to become more like Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ is the epitome of serving. He serves no matter what he does. So our our goal in life is to become, to try to develop our own attributes to be as much as, as Christ as we can become. And then obviously growing up for me in the church, there was that same pattern that you described of of giving uh, that that ran through that, uh, that experience for me. And so... That that makes sense from my perspective as far as growing up. Anything that you would want to add to what we've already kind of talked about or said, Mom? Well, I remember, you know, I really felt like it was important for us to help you to feel that same desire to give that Mm. we felt. And I remember it. um, One of the things that 
we always did was like when we went grocery shopping, even when you were just um, a little kid in the in the grocery cart, you know, when uh, Salvation Army had their um, time that they they were collecting, um, I would give you a quarter and yeah. have you put it in the the pot that they had there. Yeah, I remember doing. I remember you doing that actually. Yeah, I remember going up and giving a quarter or whatever you had as change. Back in the days when we used to pay for things with cash. Yeah. That's a, <laughs> that's a new con. No, that's an old concept. Yeah, it's not a new concept. Yeah, really. It's kind of <laughs> kind of crazy how how many how much things have evolved there. Your religious beliefs have afforded you a lot of experiences or opportunities to give monetarily. Um, we have tithing as a as a church um, as as a belief in in our church, which is ten percent of our our income that we donate to the church and its general running and welfare services. The the that that can be used in in a lot of different areas that that tithing money. But what um, what about um, above that ten percent? How did that start to go? How, how did you start to think of, hey, I'm going to give more than 10% to the church because there's a lot of different efforts that the church does that are outside of the, the quote-unquote tithing. And then I know that you, you both have been involved with things that are even outside of what you do religiously. When does money start to play a, a role in that or start to become a mechanism for change to occur? Or an expression. I've never really considered that as a kind of a distinct category. When we've always considered giving or serving, it's just part of that process. That you are able, you if you have a desire to serve and to give and to help, then you use whatever resources you have available to do that. So if you're, you know, you're barely making it as a family financially, that doesn't preclude you from serving and helping others because there's your talents and, and work ethic, etc. So it's that whole attitude about um, trying to emulate how the Savior would, inter would interact with people. Obviously, he wasn't giving away money. You know, everything he did was, you know, a physical way to help uplift people. So we never were, I mean, I never, we never had this discussion of, boy, we need to earn more money so we can give more. Hmm. Um, just serving and giving was just, like I said, it's common denominator to all of our actions. So we were always looking for opportunities by which we could share the resources we had. It's so interesting that you two don't have a recollection of, of intentionally deciding or, or, or thinking about those two concepts together and you you've you've expressed that you in in some respects that that doesn't really cross your mind to even designate those things as as being different but it's so interesting to me because money and giving is a clear connection for me well before i was um like on my own I remember so distinctly seeing and having desire to have money 
to create an impact in the world. And I don't, I don't, it's, it's interesting for me to start to dig into this. Cause I, that, that's so weird to me that you all didn't think about that or discuss that or, and, and I don't even remember any of those like formal experiences, but, um, yeah. And, and not that I need to have a, a, a connection to that, but that's just really interesting. Um, so you're saying that as you were growing up at a point in your life, you made that connection that. Uh, in order to give, or in order to have an impact, you need to have some monetary basis? Not necessarily that you had to, but that that was an avenue that you could take and that it was one that I had a big desire to be involved with. So oh. not, not necessarily that it, I felt like you had to have money to create a difference. I saw that there was different avenues that someone could do that. But for some reason, money stuck out to me as... I really want to be involved with giving when it comes to the monetary side. I can't thank my parents enough for their willingness to be involved with this two-part series. It's really just been a thrill for me to be able to discover more about my family's history around philanthropy, both from a financial standpoint and from a giving standpoint. In the weeks since our interview, I've been able to have a couple more discussions with my family around these concepts. And one thing that has come up around generational philanthropy is the opportunity that everyone has to make this more of an intentional experience. As you heard from my parents, there was a lot of demonstration and example going on in my home regarding finance and giving. But there wasn't as much uh, hands-on involvement. And that's what we talked about. That's what my dad and I specifically talked about a couple weeks ago is what could happen in a family if they sat down together and involved their children in the finance side of the equation, but also the giving side of the equation. Like I can't imagine a more impactful thing to do as a family than for everybody to contribute to a philanthropy pot and then go out and do some good in the community with that money. So that is not a copyrighted idea. Please steal that and uh, make, make a difference in your community, in your family, and in the generations to come. Because at the end of the day, that really is where the biggest impact can happen. So thank you for listening to the podcast. If you like what we're doing here, please rate the podcast on whatever platform you're involved with and think about sharing it with a friend, sharing it with somebody who you know wants to create a difference in their community. Well, team, that's it for me. Let's go out in the world and create good with the money in our pockets and the generations to come together. Talk soon.